Hello and welcome to series 2, episode 90 of the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and today, as we usually do on a Monday, we are going to take a brief pause from the Come Follow Me study. And actually, we are probably going to take a pause from the Come Follow Me study for a few days. For those of you that will uh, be, will know, um, and for those of you that won't know, uh, this week we kind of go into a, a weird uh, two-week um, cycle for the Come Follow Me uh, because we have General Conference coming up this weekend. We don't have uh, any particular study for this week, but we have a study for the next two weeks about Easter. Uh, and so I will start uh, going into that in a few days. But I think that uh, if we were to do that for two weeks, it would probably we'd probably run out of material to do quite quickly. So uh, what I want to do on a Monday uh, anyway is do something different today, but we'll probably do a couple of different things, most likely uh, focusing around the uh, first vision, uh, because of course, whilst we have done a few uh, study sessions on that over the past few months, that is something we've been asked to uh, study and prepare for uh, in terms of coming up to general conference this week. Uh, so hope you're with us and uh, stick with us. So today I'm sharing uh, something that uh, I've had the opportunity to take part in over the last couple of weeks or so. Uh, some of you may have heard me mention the uh, Leading Saints podcast. Well, um, uh, over the past few weeks, uh, they've had something called a virtual summit, where they've had various speakers, uh, some members of the church, some not, uh, who spoke about meetings uh, and about meetings with saints and how we can help meetings uh, in the church become more purposeful, become more effective and basically much more pleasant and, uh, I guess, engaging places to be. Um, they had about 20 or so different uh, interviews uh, with speakers. As I mentioned, some were members of the church, some weren't. Some were uh, meeting scientists. Uh, some were uh, just leaders uh, within the church who had, you know, a, a different approach to leading uh, or, you know, leading meetings. Some focused on um, meetings within a, within a council setting, within a uh, kind of smaller group settings such as a bishopric or a presidency or a youth um, council, uh, some focused on sacrament meetings and some focused on one-to-one -one meetings. Uh, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to share some uh, highlights with you uh, from this uh, discussion. This would be very uh, useful if you are a member of the church who leads or is part of meetings. And to be fair, that'll be most people, even if you don't hold a leadership calling in your own personal view. Perhaps you're a temple and family history consultant or you are a primary teacher or so on. You will actually take part in meetings, uh, whether it's, you know, with other teachers with the primary or whether it's within temple and family history coordination meetings as, as a temple and family history consultant. We are all leaders in some shape or form, even if we are, again, and I've mentioned this before, uh, you know, even if we don't have a calling as such at this time, all of us probably most likely are ministering brothers and sisters. And in those situations, we have meetings with our families and some of these principles will apply. So I hope you do stick with this and listen, because there's some really important things that I pulled out. Um, now, I didn't write all down, down all 19 or 20 names. Uh, and it, it wasn't like a general conference where I got to kind of just take detailed notes of each person. I had to listen, um, you know, whenever I could because they were only available for 24 hours. So I just wrote down the key uh, takeaways that I got. So one of the things that I picked out was that meetings should be purposeful. And this was a, uh, a pattern that kind of came up throughout the whole thing. Uh, quite a few people talked about the fact that if you... You know, if you're just holding meetings because it says to in the handbook, 
then you've got a question, you know, is that meeting that's coming up important or would it be better served as a Skype call just for 10 minutes or as an email or, and so that you can free people up to go and do something instead of meet uh, if there isn't anything in particular to, to, to do. Um, some people mentioned that, you know, the, the suggested cycle of, of a ward council every two weeks or a, lo or a longer one once a month, you know, is sufficient and there usually is enough to talk about. But if for, for perhaps bishopric meetings or other things like that, you are meeting regularly week, on a weekly basis and um, or a presidency meeting, you're, meet, you're meeting on a regular basis and you're finding that you're not having that much to talk about, then why are you meeting? Um you may need to act differently was something that came up quite often. Uh, do things differently. And we'll come up with a few things in a moment. One person, a sister, talked about conflict in meetings. And I think I've mentioned this before, or at least I've posted the video with, with President Eyring before on the Facebook group. Um, President Eyring spoke about how when he first was able to be in a council with some members of the Brethren, uh, he presumed that they were going to be, you know, hit by the spirit and be unified in everything that was said but actually what he found was quite different he found that these bright uh you know intelligent individuals in the room often um you know had a difference of opinion on a number of things and would put their opinion forward but what he saw was miraculous that over time uh that they would their their, their opinions would eventually align after discussion and, and thoughtful reflection um, and then at the end, he thought because there had been a, an agreement on a certain matter that I think it was, oh, was it President Kimball? I've forgotten now. It was either President Kimball or President Benson um, stood up and President Eyring thought he was going to announce the decision because they had, you know, seen this revelation, this miracle. And then he says, we'll hold this discussion uh, for the next meeting because I, I feel that there is you know, someone in here that isn't quite uh, in agreement on it and we need to be in, in agreement. So we'll just discuss it next time and, and come to a decision then. And then President Eyring noticed one of the brethren walked past and thank him for that because there's a couple of things he still had questions about. And so it's that point of, you know, there are some decisions that obviously need to be rushed and, you know, in that moment, but there are some decisions that don't. And so making sure that people have that time to conflict with each other, the idea that the leader or the person who's presiding in the meeting, you know, whilst they may have keys or whilst they may, if, if they are, you know, a leader of a quorum or a bishop or, or if the, uh, if they are set apart as the president of that organization uh, by, by the priesthood keys, it does not mean that they have the rights to direct revelation to everything that that goes on and every single decision must go must be from them uh, otherwise why would we have councils why would we have meetings we would simply just have that leader of that organization set apart and they would just say what to do the fact that we have councillors the fact that we have organization leaders within a, within a ward suggests that they they are they have an important voice and whoever is in that meeting has a called divine right to be there and and put forward ideas and share their opinions um you know you know so that was a, that was a really good insight, you know, this, this whole conflict piece, that it's not a bad thing in meetings for people to have conflict, but there mustn't be contention. That is different. There is difference between the two. Uh, so also purpose has to be crystal clear. So, you know, that, that purpose piece came up quite often. There was a really good, um, you know, discussion about uh, a number of elements of meetings. Again, I can't remember who gave it. It was over two weeks, but they 
they must have said a few good things because I've written about five things from their particular interview. They said that, they need, that you need to consider who needs to be there. Uh, and this is something, again, of which I think we fall victim to uh, with uh, the handbook, is that uh, we just read the handbook and say, all right, so we need this, 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 and, th and this person, right? Invite them, get them there. Well, they'll be there every time. Or someone from that organization will be there every time. And it can work both ways. Sometimes if you're having a big meeting focusing on, um, you know, uh, something that's uh, happening or, or, an, or an item to be uh, worked on in primary, then, you know, the question is, do you need every single person there? Sometimes you might not. Usually you will, because we know that in the handbook, the ward council uh, members, such as the Relief Society presidents and the Sunday school presidents and whoever, are there, yes, to represent their organisation. But I also believe, and it also says, that they are there as part of a group of the high council, of the high council, of the ward council. Uh, and so, you know, everyone can have a, a, a voice on that. Um, but there is also the point of, well, there should be other people invited. So if it is something to do in primary, particularly with the teaching in primary, then would the primary teachers benefit from being uh, within a special ward council or a special even, even a special bishopric? So you might have a bishopric where you have the Relief Society present there if you're discussing something to do with the Relief Society. So inviting people who will, will affect will, will give you greater uh, strength. Um, we, I, I was part of a um, discussion recently in, in a state presidency where they were talking about uh, a new elders quorum president in a certain ward. And um, our state president invited the bishop of that ward to be part of that discussion. Now, whilst some of you may, you know, think, well, that's obvious, you know, he'll know the people in, in that ward best. Um, he commented after the discussion that he found it really useful and really enlightening to see that happen because he hadn't had the opportunity yet as a bishop. Uh, and so it just made me go away and think, oh, you know, we need to consider who we involve in our meetings more. Um, I've realised that uh, we are past the 10 minute mark already. Uh, and there's been some really interesting points made uh, that I've been able to share. So I'm going to stop that there and we'll continue this in tomorrow's uh, podcast episode. Again, if you don't necessarily preside over any meetings in your call in the church, I do I do recommend you listen because you would, you'll be part of meetings, whether you're within an, a councillor within an, an organisation or a presence of an organisation, or indeed you may be in the future. There's been a number of things that I've learned, um, which has been very useful. So uh, thank you very much uh, for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Uh, if there's anything that you wish to uh, share from what you've been studying or any thoughts on what I've shared, please share it uh, with me at ldsstudysession at gmail.com or you can follow the Facebook group Church of Jesus Christ with uh, Come Follow Me uh, podcast. Uh, sorry, the Facebook group. That'd be fantastic as well. Thank you for listening and until we meet again.